It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. If you missed any of my talk radio breakfast show, don't worry. We've put some of the punchiest bits of this morning's show into a bite-sized podcast, the Julia Hartley Brewer Daily. Enjoy. Vidaga, who joins us now. Good morning to you, Minister. Morning, Julia. Good morning. Uh, we've just been talking, obviously, about the concerns people have and this this, this very difficult balancing act and trade-off the government's got to have in terms of uh, keeping us safe, giving us the advice to uh, not to promote the, uh, uh, the the transmission of this uh, this coronavirus, but also to keep the economy moving. Um, are you sure that the government's got the right balance here? Um, we think we have. We are um, working for the best scenario, but we're also preparing for the reasonable worst-case scenario. Um, And one of the things we'll be doing in this is whenever we take a decision on scientific advice to implement a different measure, we will be setting the medical effectiveness of that also against the impact on people's daily lives, economic lives and and social lives. So there's always a balance to be struck and we will always, in striking that balance, make sure that we follow the chief medical officer's advice on what is most appropriate. Okay, and um, and are we learning the lessons, not just from what happened in China, a very different kind of society, but particularly what's happened in Italy uh, in recent months, given that they are quite clearly quite a few weeks ahead of us with so many more cases? Um, you're absolutely right. We are learning the lessons. This is a new disease, um, and although there are elements uh, that we've seen before in terms of how diseases behave, this is new. So every day we are learning more both about how the disease behaves what we need to do to tackle it, but also from other countries that have experienced significant spikes or increases in the number of people infected. So we are always looking around the world to what we can learn and working with partners and allies through the WHO to learn those lessons. Um, And in terms of the chief medical officer, he said this week that he thinks an epidemic is likely. There's talk about maybe following suit what Italy has done, closing schools and and universities, uh, possibility of parliament being shut, 650 of you spreading the virus around the country. Of course, we know that it's not just three thousand people work in the House of Commons. But the reality is if parliament is shut, um, you're not going to have to worry about sick pay. You get pay whether you turn up, whether you're on holiday, whether you're off sick. Um, is the government doing enough to help people who are facing losing vital work um, and not perhaps being able to pay their bills uh, through the coronavirus, whether it's them getting sick themselves, who people who are self-employed, or people who are being asked to stay at home, self-quarantine, even though they've got no health problems themselves for the good of the community, but taking a huge financial hit in return? Well, you're, you're right to highlight the importance of this issue. And the Prime Minister was totally clear yesterday that no one should have to choose between their health and the right things for their health and those the health of others and 
their economic well-being and what they earn and their ability to live. And he, one of the key announcements he made yesterday at Prime Minister's Questions was in reducing that weight for statutory sick pay from the four days down to getting it on the first day. That's one example. But he's been absolutely clear that we must continue to look at measures that will ensure people don't have to make a choice between their health and uh, and their ability to pay the bills. But, I mean, because you do accept that there are millions of people in this country, uh, people listening right now, who who would not actually get a single penny, wouldn't be entitled to statutory uh, sick pay, which, by the way, wouldn't cover most people's weekly rent, let alone the rest of their bills. Well, the health secretary was very clear on this on a number of uh, of levels. Firstly, that he would hope that where someone is employed, their businesses would be responsible and supportive of them if they had to self-isolate on medical advice, but that also self-isolating on medical advice would count as sickness, would and should count as being sick. And therefore, he would hope that businesses and the uh, the system, the welfare system, will recognise that, which the Prime Minister made clear in terms of statutory sick pay, it will okay. do. Except, again, I mean, the point most, there are millions of people who aren't entitled to that, regardless of whether they are officially signed off sick or not. Can we also talk about um, the fact that the government is deciding now to only update us from now on on numbers of cases weekly rather than daily and not giving more information about where those cases are? Uh, there's been some accusations, a bit, bit, a bit too much secrecy. Why won't those figures be released daily? Now, I've seen that um, that story and, um, and the health secretary and I have spoken about this. He's very clear. The reason that you will have seen that gap, in a sense, in the figures is because we did see a very significant jump in the numbers of individual cases um, yesterday. That takes a little bit of time to assimilate. But he's very clear going forward, we will be publishing the data. He's looking at the appropriate tech platform that can do that and whether we can come up with a technical solution that will enable us to do that, to keep people updated, but to do so in a tech efficient way. So it, it is a reflection of actually just the significant increase in one day compared to the rate we'd had before. Okay, Health Minister Edward Argo, very much appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much indeed. 7.34 is the time. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley-Brewer and The Times. Be well informed. Well, let's talk to our next guest, who's Professor John Ashton. He's a former president of the Faculty of Public Health. He's also former Northwest Regional Director of Public Health. He joins us now. Good morning to you. Good morning, Good morning. Julia. Well, look, public health, obviously, the, the key issue at the current time. Um, and uh, the, but we've had uh, statements from the, the Prime Minister this week, the Chief Medical Officer, Chief Science Officer, about that they are going to be following the science, following the medicine on this, uh, but an epidemic is likely. From what you know, uh, working in the field of public health, um, do we have the resources, do we have the staff, do we have the facilities to deal with a major outbreak that we've seen, for instance, in, in, in Italy and obviously far worse in China. Could we handle that here? (laughs) Well, it depends on how you frame this, you see. And and part of the problem is we've approached this in a very narrow medical way. And um, we have some of the best medics, the best scientists, you know, going. But you have to look at a whole system here. And um, I'm afraid, you know, at the moment, we've wasted a month in terms of looking at the whole system. And just listening to the discussion there about Flybee, Flybee was vulnerable, and this is the, you know, the um, straw that's broke the camel yeah. the camel's back. But there will be lots of other enterprises that are also vulnerable, and we we should have had um, for the last month encouraging businesses, small and medium sized enterprises, and family units as sort of Julia Hartley Brewer PLC, you know, <laughs> to consider the domestic aspects 
of what to do if we get this closed down of our everyday life, um, which is likely to happen now over the next few weeks. So everybody should have been thinking ahead to the Easter holidays, to if they have to cancel the skiing or if they um, are, are needing to look after elderly relatives to keep them housebound and yeah. who's doing the shopping. People should have had their own personal plan. They need to start doing that now. And, and so this is the difficulty, isn't it? There perhaps might have been accusations of scaremongering uh, at, uh, at, the, at the government if they had gone a bit early with this. But your worry is that actually it's not just they've not been imparting this to the public and saying, look, OK, everyone needs to start preparing. We need to start planning what we're doing now. Is your concern that actually there hasn't been the preparation being made behind the scenes? To some extent, that may be true. I mean, I think that the principle with these events like this is to is to prepare for the worst yeah. and aim for the best. Well, that's, that's what, what the that's what the health minister Edward Argar told us just uh, about an hour, half an hour ago. It would have been good if he'd said that three or four weeks ago. Oh. Um, it would have been good if Boris Johnson had actually convened Cobra a month ago. Because what the COBRA should have been doing with the chief medical officer alongside and the advisors is on a day-to-day basis taking stock and looking ahead, looking round corners, seeing what's coming next and taking the public on that journey. The, the public so far have been treated like children. The, people, the public need to be treated as co-partners because if this really takes off, there will not be enough capacity in the hospital system to deal with 4% of those who are affected being seriously ill. They'll have to be nursed at home. So that, all that planning about supporting a return to an earlier age when we looked after people at home should have been going on and the conversation should have included the public. We, we've got to get into that now. You know, the, the GPs don't do home visits anymore. That needs addressing. You know, who, who would actually be supporting lay care, traditional family care at home? Remembering again that Children and young people and healthy adults are not particularly at risk. What we're really about here is everybody doing what they need to do to get a grip on this, to protect the vulnerable, the elderly, the frail, people with diabetes, uh, people with long-term conditions. It's a social matter. It requires Mm -hmm. a social mobilisation. And, and it's not a question of panicking. It's a question of being prepared, being alert, looking forward, and thinking through what should we be doing. Hong Kong... Public servants have now been home working for a month, um, as, uh, unless they really have to be in the office. They've really given a big push to flexible working, to home working, home, uh, home working in the private sector as well. This is a trend that's underway globally. We're behind the curve on this. I mean, British employers don't seem to trust their employees to work from home. But there's an opportunity here to really get into the new patterns of work okay. in the future. So every crisis is an opportunity. Yeah, indeed. I mean, this is the thing. It, it, this is going to change. I mean, OK, temporarily, but this is going to change a lot of our lives. Uh, you were saying you're, you're concerned that actually the health service, when you can look, look at critical beds or, or care in hospitals, we simply do not have the capacity, as it stands right now, to treat all of the people who would require hospital care. That's right. I mean, I, I, I was having supper at the weekend with the chief executive of a hospital. As of last weekend, uh, all that had happened was that she'd had a, dr- a pod dropped into the hospital. There'd been no communication from the Department of Health as of last weekend. Uh, they have not got uh, the capacity in intensive care uh, to deal with large numbers. They would have to completely reconfigure how they use the hospital, and even that would not be enough. They'd have to yeah. create isolation areas 
within the hospital. But actually, you don't want to be doing that. And it, it, it's, you have to adopt a different approach. The approach is, it's being, it's, this is a very egocentric planning that's been going on here, as if it's all about the NHS, it's all about government. But actually, it's a, it's a community issue when it comes to a big epidemic. And the community should be at the centre, not on the periphery. OK, thank you very much indeed. A real pleasure to speak to you, Professor John Ashton, although rather worrying, I have to say, uh, former president of the Faculty of Public Health. This has been... Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley-Brewer and The Times. Know your times. Let's talk to Sean Tipton from the Association of British Travel Agents, that's ABDA, about, uh, well, people's rights right now. Good morning to you, Sean. Morning, Julia. I mean, there are lots of different uh, aspects to this, of course. A very big concern for those called 2,000 staff at Flybe, uh, who I have to say passengers have been raving about and were in January when they were facing this about just how unbelievably uh, kind and professional they were. Uh, but uh, they're obviously losing, facing losing their jobs. Uh, but uh, also, of course, there'll be thousands and thousands of passengers who've got tickets today. What's the advice to them? Well, first of all, Julia, it's, it's not a great deal of surprise that they've, they have actually gone out of business because Flybe have been in financial difficulties for quite some time. They did actually come to an agreement with the government that they could postpone a tax bill of £100 million. But clearly what's been happening the last couple of weeks with coronavirus hasn't helped, though, and they, they have finally gone out of business, which is a terrible shame, as you say, for the staff. But quite right, for the passengers, where, do you, where does that leave you if you've got a ticket to Flybe? Well, first of all, you won't be able to use it. The company has gone out of business. There is no statutory financial protection for airlines. So in terms of the money you've paid out, if you pay directly by credit or debit card, go back to your bank or your credit card company because you're covered by the Consumer Credit Act for, uh, for payments on credit cards, as long as you've made more than £100. Now, my experience, though, with credit card companies, even if legally they don't have to pay back if you paid under £100, they generally will be pretty good about that. So back to your credit card company to pay on that. If you pay by debit card, banks have a very good voluntary policy where even though they don't actually have to refund people who paid a failed company by debit card, they generally will. So, so I think that's, that's not going to be too bad for people who paid directly to the airline. If you've gone through a travel agent, speak to them, because in many cases they will provide something called scheduled airline failure insurance, which gives you cover as well, so you can claim on that. Some insurance policies also cover for the failure of travel companies. Not many, but some will. So I would say that most people hopefully will get their money back. But the inconvenience is more for people who actually have now to get alternative flights. Because the issue with Flybe, they were in many cases the only airline or virtually the only airline flying out of many of the regional airports they service. So that's going to be a real problem for people. And also it's not just in flights on their own. There's a lot of people would have used them to, for a connecting service, so flying down to Southampton, for example, to get a cruise. I know a lot of people from Belfast would have done that. So that's the awkwardness, I would say. More yeah. than I kind of say, I, I wouldn't be going on a cruise right now, I have to say. I mean, this is this, but of course, this is the big issue, isn't it? Is that yeah. um, the reason you know, coronavirus has meant that a lot of people just simply aren't booking their holidays, not booking their flights, uh, not quite sure whether it's safe to travel right now, certainly not whether or not they can do it in a, in a matter of you know, a few weeks' time, Easter holidays coming up. And a lot of these um, airlines and travel companies, we've seen a lot of travel companies and airlines facing difficulties in recent years, they rely on future books. So, you know, your flights that you're booking for, for May or July, that money's going into their system. Once people just stop booking anything at all, and I don't know anyone who is booking flights at the moment, um, they basically run out of cash. Well, if you look at business before, apart from the last couple of weeks, Julia, I mean, that's anecdotally, we get mixed reports and members on that one. I mean, it's actually pretty good. So I, I don't Really? 
Who? I mean, I, I genuinely, I don't know anybody um, um, in my world who, 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 is, who is confident enough to book a flight at the moment. Yeah, but this is the coronavirus is a big story. It's only really been around for the last couple. I'll give an example of that. We, we've had advice on our website about coronavirus since the 2nd of February. And uh, for most of that time, interest was pretty, pretty low. Mm. Not many people checked it. But in the last week and a half, yes, it's gone through the roof by about 800%. So I think that's a good indication about people's worries about coronavirus. That's why we've been trying to point out some realities of that. Um, foreign office advice, etc. The fact that there is, there, you know, there is a risk of coronavirus, but it's a pretty low risk, generally speaking. Yeah. But the main thing about Flyby, seriously, they were in serious financial difficulty yeah. anyway. I mean, the fact they 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 were given a bit of a lifeline by the government. They said, look, you, you can postpone your tax bill. They didn't say you don't have to pay it. They just said you can postpone it. I, I have to say, I don't think any of us thought that they were going to survive much longer. A deferred a deferred payment of their uh, air passenger duty wasn't actually going to uh, uh, make the big difference, was it? Uh, Sean Tips, and thank you very much. Very uh, well. Talk Radio Breakfast with Julia Hartley-Brewer. Weekday mornings from 6.30 on Talk Radio. Thank you for listening to the best of Julia Hartley-Brewer. Don't forget to catch me live tomorrow morning from 6.30 on DAB, Smart Speaker and online at talkradio.co.uk. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.